You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. Well, if you don't know Aaron Lutz, he is the campus pastor of the East 96 campus. And on this episode, I sat down with him to uh, get to know him a little bit. And so I asked him some questions about his life, his family, uh, what's it like to be a pastor and some of his favorite restaurants in the Houston area. So check it out. All right, Aaron Lutz, thanks for being on the podcast again. Absolutely, man. All right, so we've done some series of podcasts where we say get to know you. And so mm-hmm. this is get to know Aaron Lutz. I don't think a lot of people love being in the hot seat <laughs> yeah. and talking about themselves, but I've, I find it interesting and fascinating cool. to talk to you about some of these things. So we're going to roll through some questions here. Cool, right? man. I'm game. All right, first one is this. What's your favorite thing about being a pastor? And also, what's the hardest thing? Yeah, I think my favorite thing is having Fridays off. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So we work Monday through Thursday. Uh, in we the have office. In the office. Because it's Sunday true, is... True. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was going to say, because Sunday is a work day. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not my favorite thing. My favorite thing uh, is having a group of people that, Brian, I genuinely love. Like, I love these people. And I love to serve them and walk with them through life and ups and downs and just being present in some of those moments that like really matter in people's lives. Like, uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about being a pastor, just walking with people. So I love to teach. I love to cast vision. Those are things that like give me life, but I think those are things that earn me the opportunity and the right to really be in people's lives. Uh, so I enjoy that. Um, but I think that's also one of the hardest things about being a pastor, right? Is that you walk through stuff with people and not everything is always as fun or the high moments. You're walking through some low moments with people and loss and parenting issues and marriage issues and um, conflict and it can just get messy. And so um, when our people hurt, like I hurt with them. And so that makes it tough. Or when people leave or there's, you know, people move or, uh, people get mad about something and they leave and you've invested deeply in some people. Like, I think that becomes a a pretty difficult thing too, especially even just our personality types. Like, uh, it's hard when, when you're walking through people in those low spots. Yeah. All right. So in this new year, we've had a little bit of a different preaching schedule. And so you've been preaching a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. I I love to know just some of your thoughts on how that's been for you. Uh, Just deep in your soul, you've been preaching more often. I think it's put me in a rhythm that I like working in. I like the idea of studying and writing sermons. And when you're in a more regular rhythm, I think you just kind of are able to uh, stay consistent in those muscles, you know, instead of every once in a while kind of ramping up to do that on top of everything else that we're doing uh, to pastor the church. And so uh, I've enjoyed that. Uh, I think it's, uh, I feel like around what it's done is I, I've always been the pastor for our leaders. Like they knew I was their guy to walk with them. But now I feel like it's moved me to a place where I, I'm pastoring that whole campus, that congregation. Mm-hmm. Like they see me a lot more often opening the scriptures. And so I have more counseling opportunities, more things I'm walking with people because they see me open the scriptures with them. And so I think it's earned me that opportunity as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've, you've, uh, you've preached at your campus, yeah. you were in student ministry for a number of years at yeah. Clear Creek and at a previous church. So you've you've stood up and you've preached a whole bunch of times mm. in front of all kinds of different people. Yeah. I want to know what are some funny things that have happened in some <laughs> of those preaching moments. Uh, man, yeah, I did student ministry for eight years, so I have learned to preach with distractions in the room. Right? Yeah. Uh, this last week we had you know baby running or like two year old running back and forth in the room, and people are like, "How did you preach through that?" I'm like, man, I've seen a lot worse in yeah. student ministry in my own house. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you get used to it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so one of the funniest things I think in student ministry here at Clear Creek, uh, 
I, there was a, a young couple, teenage boyfriend, girlfriend in the back row. I think they were playing a game with me where, like, they're going to see how many times they could lick each other without somebody saying something. <laughs> so, like, this girl licks her boyfriend from his chin to his earlobe, and they're just going back and forth. And so, like, that was probably the most distracting thing in the room. I don't want to get into it too much, but yeah. were they, like, laughing about it? Oh, yeah. It, it was, was a okay. funny thing. I don't know if it was, like, an intimate moment. I that, think like, it was a both okay. and. Okay. It was a flirtatious and okay. let's just mess with people around us. It yeah. was pretty funny. Man. Yeah. All right. If you could be anything else besides a pastor, what would you be? Oh man. Uh, I can go one or two directions with this. Uh, if I could be an expert at anything other than what matters for my career, uh, I would do like graphic design. Like okay. I just always like like making logos. Used to help make our t-shirts. Not that I was good at that, but like I just think it's really interesting and fun. Uh, so I would do that. Some sort of advertising, marketing stuff with graphic design, or I'd be a firefighter. All right. I just think that'd be cool. Yeah, you actually, you can do both if you want. You can That's be a firefighter true. on the side. Yeah, on the side. Yeah, on those Fridays off. Yeah, you can go do that. Yeah. Uh, no, I just have friends that do it, and they help people, but they also run into some dangerous situations. They get to work out on the job and sleep on the job. It should be awesome. It'd be yeah. a good, good career. Cool. Yeah, I think you'd be good at both of those. But for the record, I like being pastor. Yeah, I'd rather do that. It's, it's a hypothetical. What would yeah, you do? Yeah. If, yeah. All right. So let me get some questions about your family now, so, uh, especially for people who don't know you. Maybe they sure. don't go to East ninety six or they haven't been around uh, as much. So tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. So my wife Bethany and I have been married for almost fourteen years. It'll be fourteen years this summer. Uh, we met at Texas A and M and uh, been married. Moved here almost nine years ago, and we have uh, three kids. So we have uh, eight year old, a six six-year-old and five-year-old. So two girls and one boy in the middle, Addie Joe, Evan, and Anna Lee. That's my family. All right. I want to hear more about some of your kids, like their yeah. personalities and yeah. What, yeah. What are so they like? Addie Joe, my oldest is our, you know, typical rule follower, first kid, uh, people pleaser, but the sweetest, like she just genuinely cares about people. Uh, she's into art and reading, um, during COVID, like the thing her and I did together was we read a lot together. So we read Harry Potter together and we read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe together. And it's really created this love for reading. So that's, that's really Addie Joe's thing. Uh, Evan, my six-year-old, loves sports and baseball. We watch baseball together. He plays baseball, help coach his team, enjoy all that. Uh, he is he's quietly funny. Like he's funny, but like in this like cool kid smirk kind of way right now. Yeah, uh, he's in kindergarten and learning a ton, and he's a fun kid. Uh, Anna Lee, our youngest, is your typical youngest child. She's the loud, funny, uh, you know, makes everybody laugh all the time, kind of get away with what she can get away with kind of kid. Uh, but she's a lot of fun too. So, ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about the stage of life that you're in with your kids being this age? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Lance Lawson's our, our Wednesday night campus pastor. He lives across the street from us and they're like in this stage just ahead of us. And, uh, we've always looked across the street and like, man, I can't wait to be where the Lawson's are. And we're kind of in that stage now, like where our yeah. kids are a little bit more depend, you know, independent. They can do some stuff for themselves. Once your kids can like shower themselves, that that's a whole new, new yeah. world. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they haven't really reached that, like pre pubescent stage yet. They're still fun. And, um, and so it's just, it's a good season, man. We can laugh together and have fun. What I find about the shower thing, yeah, it frees up your evening for a little bit, but yeah. then they start getting to an age where then they want to start staying up later. Mm. So then then it's like, oh, your evenings are kind of gone again because you're yeah. still wrangling kids until- We're still know, not there, man. We, nine or so. We yeah. put them in bed at eight o'clock and life is good. Yeah. So it's what fun. about the kids' activities that, th that they're doing that you get to be involved in? Yeah. So my youngest two are playing baseball right now. Uh, Evan's playing machine pitch for the first year, and that all of a sudden became a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. 
maybe in uh, your heart or some <laughs> uh, both both his and the and everybody around us you yeah. know uh literally can be kind of a crazy world um my youngest is playing like parks and rec non-competitive move base to base and that's just fun you yeah. know like t-ball kind of stuff uh addy joe my oldest is doing like art club at school once a week after school they stick around for another hour and do art club and she loves that so that's kind of things my kids are into right yeah. now and you're coaching baseball yeah kind of i'm like i'm helping so i managed one year and thought i do not want this responsibility you know just on top of everything else going on and the competitive nature of it right yeah. like there's some uh I don't know. I don't want to shoot shoot my witness by yeah. <laughs> being out on a baseball field and being a jerk when I get really competitive. So I help out. We got uh, some other coaches that are kind of leading it, and I just help out. And they're good, good people, followers of Jesus, and it's fun to be with them. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right. So a few, I don't know if it's like a month ago, two months ago, we did a podcast, and you had alluded to some stuff that was going on in your family, yeah. and you didn't share a whole lot of details, but now you're on the other side mm-hmm. of that. And I didn't know if you want a chance to talk about some of those things. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that briefly. So make a really long story short. Um, so I told you my, my family, three, we have three kids. Uh, but before that, Bethany and I struggled through infertility. And uh, it was a really quiet struggle for us. We didn't tell a lot of people when we were going through it. Um, but doctors basically told us, you have a one in a million chance to ever have kids naturally. Um, so we wrestled with that. We considered adoption. We considered other and, you know, fertility options and ultimately landed on going through IVF. And so uh, for those that don't know, IVF is um, where you basically take sperm and egg. Can you say sperm on, on podcast? I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. For, is it the first this time? This is YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it is the first time that you, yeah, someone has said sperm on <laughs> So you take sperm and egg and they create uh, life. I mean, it's the, they grow these embryos of five days and then they freeze those in a way that you can utilize them. And so we knew going into that, that we would have an ethical, moral responsibility to life that we created. Uh, and so the intention was we were going to grow our family through in vitro fertilization. So uh, we had nine embryo, which is a lot, uh, but you'd use typically two at a time. And so we used first two and then had a miscarriage. And that was really, really hard to go through infertility, but then also go through miscarriage. Uh, and so we walked through that pain. And then a couple months later, end up using another two. And that's my daughter, Addie Jo. So my eight-year-old uh, is a product of a frozen embryo transfer. And it's a miracle of life that you know science allowed us to, ha- to be able to do that. Mm. So we had five remaining embryo uh, and got ready to use those again after Addie Jo was a little bit older, ready to start having another uh, baby. And I uh, got ready to do that. And then we ended up being pregnant. Uh, naturally. And this one in a million chance that we never thought was possible. And so uh, Evan, my son's name means gift from God, because we really believe like God gave him to us. We were praying for provision and God provided a child. And um, Hmm. it's really cool. Um, So then after that, we ended up getting pregnant again in pretty short order. So now we have three children, but yet five remaining embryo. And so long story short, we uh, considered options with that and matched with a couple. We we donated these embryo to another Christian couple that we agreed with their values and we could do something for them and they could do something for us that we couldn't do. And they took these five embryo uh, and tried to get pregnant, utilized three of those embryo and uh, were unsuccessful and couldn't do the last one. So they gave us two embryo back. So this was about three years ago. And so now we have another decision to make. Like, what do we do with these remaining embryo when we feel like a, a moral responsibility to the life that we've created? Now, this is mine and Bethany's um, conviction on that. I don't think that everybody shares that conviction. Uh, but where we got to is to say, okay, either our option is to go back through the donation process, which was really emotionally difficult for mm-hmm. Bethany, or we give those a chance of life in our family. So we prayed about that for a long time. I tell you, 
to be honest, we were not on the same page for three years. And then God in his grace brought us to the same page. And we said, okay, we're going to give them a chance of life in our family. Uh, and so we did that recently, really about in, within the last month, we went through another frozen embryo transfer. Uh, and I would tell you, it was a practice in trusting God's sovereignty. I think that's the way I talked about it in that podcast last time. It's mm-hmm. like, we knew the, the probability that that meant we were adding to our family and we just trusted God's will. Uh, we said, if that's God's will to grow our family, then that's his perfect will. We're gonna be at peace with that and trust that. But we were also okay with the family that we have. And so I uh, went through that whole process. And after, we're, after we did, it's like, well, there's a two week waiting period where you find out whether you're pregnant or not. I think I told you, it felt like we pushed a boulder over the cliff and we're just sitting there watching, you know, yeah. like waiting to find out. Uh, and last week we found out that we're not, we're not pregnant and um, God's will's good. Like we, we just trust that that was God's will for our family. We're at complete peace with whatever outcome was going to come. Uh, but we feel confident knowing like we were faithful with what God called us to. We were obedient to what he, we feel like the spirit led us to uh, and God's will is good. And so we got our family of three and now we kind of move on. Hmm. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's helpful. That's really good. Well, man, I, I would tell you, I think I'm going to look back. I think it's going to be one of the defining moments of my marriage. Hmm. Like, I think we just walked through that together uh, and endured something significant and uh, have trusted God in that in ways that I think will pay dividends in the way that me and Bethany relate to each other, but also the way we pray together and relate to God. And so it's a significant moment for yeah, us. Man, man yeah. it's very encouraging. Very encouraging. Thanks. All right, so I want to move on to some lighter stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. More of just personal questions. All right, so cool. I know that uh, you're kind of a foodie. Mm. Not Maybe not even kind of a foodie. You are a foodie. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, you even recently went on a trip to New York, and that was like, just we want for this to be a food trip. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, what's your favorite kind of food? Like oh. Genre, I yeah, guess. Yeah, sure. Tex-Mex all okay. day long. All yeah. right. Any but you can't get in New York, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That was not the intent. We're in New York yeah. City. They but. may they may try to tempt, but yeah. yeah. What's your favorite thing to get out of Tex-Mex? Oh, fajitas. I'm yeah. like chips and salsa. You can yeah. judge a restaurant by its chips and salsa for sure. Uh, but fajitas. All right. Yeah. What's your most memorable meal? Man, it's been a lot. Uh, maybe it needs to be like top five or just, yeah. Yeah, just I'll, go, I'll go yeah. one. I'll go one. Uh, probably the one that comes to mind is... Uh, for my birthday one year, went to this restaurant called uh, STQ. So Killens has the steakhouse, but they also have their barbecue restaurant. And this is kind of the fusion of the two. That's like everything is smoked there. Mm-hmm. And so we got one of those like big tomahawk steaks, you know, with like the big bone in it. Yeah. And uh, it's just a fun night. It's one of those nights you leave with like meat sweats, you yeah. know. Uh, but we had like great conversation over good food. Uh, went out for my birthday just with some really good friends. And uh, it's probably my most memorable meal. So your most recent trip, you went to New York. Yeah. What's like probably the, the best thing that you ate while you're on that trip? Oh, man. Uh, so we did this like one really fancy meal night where they did this like five course tasting menu uh, at a place called Gramercy Tavern. That was the best. That was the best food that we had the whole trip. Uh, but not like, not one of those things would I ever order by itself. You yeah. know, like monkfish. I've never had monkfish in my entire life, but it was awesome. But like pizza. I mean, you go New York pizza was awesome. Uh, we had something called Cacio Pepe, it's like specific kind of pasta as Italian restaurant. It was awesome. That cool. was good too. Yeah. All right. Uh, since you get out into Houston and you know, <laughs> eat a lot more restaurants around there than I do, what are your like top five recommendations if I was going to venture inside the loop? Yeah. Or maybe even outside the loop if there's something. Which we should do that. that. Like yeah. you, me, and Lindsay, I know, and Bethany. About it. We should. We yeah. need to. So my top five, because you asked me this earlier, I had to yeah. like narrow it down. Uh, my first favorite actually just closed. So it's a place called UB Preserve. Um, Chris Shepard's like the executive chef and their whole thing was like, we're going to tell the story of Houston through food. 
which is just a cool concept, right? Like most diversity in America have a really diverse menu, kind of a fusion of like Asian and Indian food and Mexican food. And like, um, you know, it's just awesome. So that was my favorite, but they shut it down. Uh, so that same restaurant group has a steakhouse called Georgia James and have some of the same menu stuff. So Georgia James, number one. Okay. Number one. <laughs> so Starting at the top. That's not number two. Okay. No, top. That's not number two. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, cause the other one's closed. Yeah. Uh, right. number two, state of grace, uh, Montrose kind of river Oaks area right off West timer, just modern American place. Really, really good. Uh, in the Tex-Mex genre, Ninfas on navigation. Have y'all done that yet? Like the original uh, Ninfas? I think I have been there, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And it's just like a Houston, like you have to do it. Yeah, I've been know? there a long time ago. Yeah. Nothing recently, yeah. Cool. So that's number three. Uh, four, B&B Butcher's Steakhouse uh, over in Washington, kind of east of downtown. Uh, and then probably my fifth is a place called The Grove. Uh, it's like the only restaurant in Discovery Green. So you like go into the park, and then they just have this cool modern American restaurant sits right there in the green. Yeah. Yeah. That's my top five. I think that might be the only one of those I've been to. Yeah. And and probably the only one that I've actually heard of. The Grove? Yeah. Out of your out of You've your heard of Ninfas. You've heard of uh, Ninfas. Yeah, Ninfas, yeah. 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 And I guess I have been there too. We'll take you to the other three. All right. All right. All right, let's jump to sports. What's your favorite mm-hmm. sport to uh to play? And I also want to know favorite sport to watch. Okay. Uh favorite one to watch is baseball. Uh I love baseball. I've always loved baseball. Um I think baseball is a, a generational thing, right? Like you do it because your dad did, you know, like my dad and I watched baseball growing up. And so, so, so you're saying no one likes baseball independently. <laughs> they all like it because their dad does. There are baseball haters in the world that think it's really boring. Oh, I love baseball. I, I mean, I mean, I mean it, yeah, it, it is a little boring. Yeah. I just yes. lose respect for people when yes, they say that but they it don't is, like baseball. There, there, it's a whole experience. <laughs> it you know, is, it, it the is. game itself can be slow, but there's Again. more to it than just but the game know being yeah, played. You know, what's really going on. You really enjoy all the nuances of baseball. Yeah. So uh, baseball's on from in my house from opening day till the end of the World Series. It's just on in the background, whether we're eating dinner or just hanging out. So that's my favorite sport <laughs> to watch. Uh, my favorite sport to play is not, I mean, I love playing baseball when I was in high school, but uh, I play twice a month a game called Ultimate Frisbee, uh, which not everybody knows what that is. It's not disc golf. Okay, so yeah. disc golf, you like throw it, you're playing golf with it, a frisbee. This is like football and soccer and cardio and running up and down the field. You're scoring touchdowns, but you're throwing a frisbee to a team, and that's my favorite sport to play. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, what are your sports teams? Ooh, favorite teams, uh, Houston Astros. Grew up Houston Astros fan. Uh, were you an Astro buddy? I was. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. I found this like keepsake box the other day of all my old Astros buddy stuff. There's a glove that has Astros buddies spelled wrong. Like B-U-I-D-D-E-S. Booties. <laughs> That's probably yeah, worth something. Yeah. I know. I tweeted it to the Astros. They didn't think it was that interesting. But, <laughs> uh, so Astros is my favorite team. Um I actually like the the Texas Rangers as well uh, because used to have the Astros were a National League team. The Rangers were kind of the American League team from Texas, and my grandparents lived in Dallas, and my grandfather had season tickets. So again, it's it's a generational thing, right? Like I could sit at a baseball game with my grandfather, watch the Rangers, and so I have this love for the Rangers, even though now they're in the same division. Uh, they don't really they're not really rivals because they haven't really competed in a while. You know, uh, I mean they're not as competitive is what I meant. So yeah. I like the Rangers, uh, Aggie football. I'm a huge Texas A&M fan with all sports, but Aggie football specifically, uh, when it comes to NFL, I really don't have a team. Uh, when I was in, you know, coming up, like the, the Oilers were kind of on their way out by the time I was becoming a, a football fan and the Texans hadn't really become a thing. Like I was in, I was in high school when the Texans got here. And so I went off to college and just kind of invested in college football instead of 
pro football. Yeah. So what about hockey? Yeah. No. No. no, 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 no I'm from Houston. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, so you play football or right, baseball in high school mm-hmm. uh, for uh, the Wildcats, right? Yeah. Clear Creek. Clear Creek Wildcats. What position yeah. did you play? I played middle infield. So I played a lot of shortstop growing up, primarily second uh, in high school. So what's your uh, like most memorable moment of playing high school baseball? Yeah. Uh, so we won district my senior year, made a pretty good playoff run. Um, we lost to the team who ended up winning state that year. So Kingwood won state. And so, so you basically got second. Basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who lost to Kingwood got second, right? Yeah. We didn't go as far, but yeah, they were really good. Um, my, I hit my only home run my senior year of high school. Like, didn't hit one in, in Little League, not in Pony. My senior year of high school, uh, I was like a slap and run kind of hitter. And so my senior year, I hit one, uh, felt good, and I started, like, sprinting to first base, thinking I'm going to get a double out of this. And the coach told me, like, touch them all. Like, it wasn't until I got to second base that I realized that the ball was over the fence, you know. Uh, and so I tried to, like, slow it down and just, like, you know, walk like it out. done it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which I had not, you know, <laughs> grinning ear to ear. Um, so that was fun. My senior year, we all shaved our heads. Uh, and mine never grew back. So it was like this team building thing uh, that became my forever, forever haircut. Forever haircut. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess. Do you still go to the games today? Uh, not as much as I want to. You know, my kids are playing stuff and all over the place, and I would like to go to more games than I do. Uh, I know the coach at Clear Falls. Um, he texted me the other day. They're ranked in the top 10 in the state right now, and uh, so I'd like to get out and watch them play. Uh, I told you I played in this alumni game. A couple months ago, Clear Creek hosted like anybody who's ever played come back and play, and we got to play against their varsity team. Dude, it was a blast. It was yeah. so much fun. And how'd you so, do? Like, I did personal, well, man. Yeah, I did well. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I got a double yeah. off of like a varsity pitcher. Like, there's no way I'm going to hit these guys. Yeah. yeah. You still got it. I guess. Relive my glory days, right? Yeah. That's awesome. So, all right. What about as a fan? What's your top baseball memory? Uh, I mean, Houston Astros winning the World Series in 2017. Uh, that was the year of Harvey. Uh, so there's like this emotional connection to that team going through that. It was also the year we launched East 96. And so it was just a kind of really significant year. So when they won the World Series, that was pretty cool. Uh, my dad and I went to Academy and stayed out to like 3 o'clock in the morning trying to get the championship shirt thing, you know. And so that's a cool memory. Uh, but he and I went to the 2019 World Series. And so uh, that's a cool memory, just having been there. They lost every home game in that series, so we didn't see a win. Uh, but I have that picture on my wall and ticket on the wall, and that was cool too. So. Uh, haven't you done a lot of like traveling, or at least some mm. traveling to some other ballparks with your dad? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. What are some of those memories? Yeah. So my dad wants to go to all thirty, you know, major league ballparks, and so uh, I'd like to do that with him at some point. But we went to. Um, to Fenway Park in Boston in 2018. So that was a year after they won the World Series. I uh, got to travel and we ended up actually staying at the hotel the Houston Astros were at. And we didn't even know that on the front end. And so I took a picture with Justin Verlander, passed Altuve on the stairs on the way to, you know, one day and got to see a game with my dad and my brother-in-law. That was a really, really cool trip. Yeah, really that's cool awesome. Trip. Yeah. Cool. All right, I got some other questions for you here. This is more like okay. rapid fire, I guess. Rapid fire. Here we go. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie is Glory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. I remember I watched it uh, in school, Mm -hmm. and then I went to Blockbuster after that and rented it Yeah, uh, because it was so good. I want to watch it at home. Yeah, and it's one that comes on like TBS every once in a while, and when it's on, it's like, I have to watch it. So good. Absolutely. All right. Um, Are there any series that you've gotten into recently, like any TV show series maybe you and Bethany have watched together? We watch a lot of stuff. Uh, We just finished Inventing Anna. 
Okay. Seen that? Yeah. I, Lindsay watched that. And watched on Netflix, it, yeah. 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 Anna Delvey, her foundation, her fake foundation. Yeah. What, yeah. Were, were, what were your thoughts on that? Just oh, it was intriguing, man. Yeah. This is like German heiress, like makes up this whole thing and just scams everybody. She was wicked smart and just kind of crazy. But yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Lasso is still my favorite this year. Like We haven't watched it recently, but that's my favorite yeah. one for me and Bethany watched this last year. Yeah. What's your greatest fear? Birds. Oh. Yeah, I don't like birds, man. Is there something that happened? No, they they just fly at me. They poop on me. They they're the rats of the sky. Like mm-hmm. I just hate I hate birds. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's my uh, yeah uh, irrational fear in life. If you can go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, I'd go to this is like a pastor answer, but I'd go to Israel. I'd go to the mm-hmm. Holy Land. I really want to do that trip. Yeah. I wanted to do it as like a graduation gift after seminary, uh, and it didn't work out. And so ever since, and I've wanted to go. I'm like jealous of all Yancey's Facebook posts right now. He's in, in Israel. So yeah. one day. Are there, what, I guess, what was, what's the top trip that you've been on? Mm. Uh, vacation, best place you've been? Do you think, man, I, if I could go there a second time, I would do it? Uh, you know, I'd go back to Rome. Um, I got to go when I was doing student ministry in Kaufman. We actually took a group of students uh, to Croatia. And the only way to get to Croatia is to go through Italy. And so we got to do a stopover in Rome. It was awesome. Uh, but Bethany was pregnant at the time. And so she didn't get to go with me. Uh, she was on bed rest. And so um, I would like to go back and take Bethany to Rome. Colosseum and even like St. Peter's Basilica and the Vatican, like all of it was so, so cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, how long have you been at Clear Creek now? It'll be nine years this summer. Nine years. Awesome. Yeah. And you have a long history of being around and mm-hmm. being part of the church even well before you were on staff. Yeah. So you look towards the future. What are your hopes for, for Clear Creek? This is your, this is your final question. What's All right. Your, what's your Last hope one. for Clear Creek? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Clear Creek's almost 30 years old, not quite there. But man, it's been a great 30-year stretch of just faithful ministry. And like, we enjoy a lot of trust in the community. And so my hope for the future is another like really faithful, fruitful 30-year run ahead of us. And uh, not just to like maintain and survive what has been, but to, um, to have the same kind of impact and fruit in ministry for the next 30-year stretch. And so things I hope for in that season would be, uh, man, I want us to grow as a, as a passionate, expressive, worshiping church. I want us to maintain our gospel centrality and respond to that in a really, really passionate way. And part of that is because that's where I've been growing a little bit in my own uh, worship, but also because I think that what people are looking for is a transcendent experience with God where they want to meet with him. Uh, They think they don't need information, right? Like I can look up everything on the internet that I need to know. And so what I really want is transformation. I want to show up and meet with God and have a spiritual experience. And I think a more expressive, passionate worship uh, gives people that opportunity. And for the gospel to be at the center of that would be really awesome. Um, and then on top of that, I think, I think I want us to be known as the church that makes a difference in our community. I think we enjoy uh, a lot of trust and goodwill in the community because we serve the community really well out of the overflow of the gospel. And, and, you know, we've talked about this, our generation wants authentic relationships and they want their lives to matter. They want to make a difference in the world. And I think the church can be the answer to both of those. Like I want people to see Jesus as what meets those needs that they have. Um, but I think that we earn that opportunity by loving and serving our community. And so I want to be known as that church for the next 30 year stretch that we got. Good, man. Does that answer that question? It does, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. All right, man. Well, thanks for being willing to sit in the hot seat and talk about yourself for a little while. Sure, sure. Appreciate you. Appreciate your your life, your family, the way you lead the church, man. Here's to you, man. All All right.
Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.